Imagine you gave a dollar a day to a worthy cause, but you did it along with thousands of Jewish people around the globe, and you all donated to one cause every single day. Thousands of your $1 bills pulled together towards one cause daily. What's the impact of your dollar then? You don't have to imagine it. You can and should do it by joining Daily Giving today. Head over to dailygiving.org and become a daily giver today. That's dailygiving.org. Jewish Money Matters, episode 344, Ask Yael. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters, the podcast where Jewish wisdom and spirituality meet your money and your business. Money is a means to serve God in this world with joy, to build a life that leaves an imprint way beyond our time in this world. I want you to discover the secrets to Jewish wealth, to gain practical and spiritual tools to break free from the shackles of financial worry, to design the joyful, rich life that your soul desires. Welcome to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, and I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to Jewish Money Matters, everyone. I'm Yael Trush, your host. I hope you're doing well. Today, we have a question on paying down a home equity loan, as well as on doing less and trusting more. So you better have a lot to say about that. And of course, you know where you are. You're on Ask Yael Friday. This is when I come on the show to answer your questions that you've sent in. But before we do that, a couple of announcements. So this Monday, we aired part two of a two-part series, An Honest Look at Honesty. And that was with the director of Project 432, Rabbi Levy Landa. A fabulous, fabulous conversation. I really hope you listened to this. It is so vital that we all take the time to listen to both Rabbi Landa as well as Rabbi Lipsker, who was with us the previous week. He's the founder of the Aleph Institute and Project 432 is a division of the Aleph Institute. Again, as I've said before, turning hindsight into foresight. And we're talking about financial prevention. Um, I mean, prevention when it comes to financial crimes, right? Um, they're helping us learn from the experiences that other people have had and what they wish they had done differently, what they wish they'd known before they entered, got themselves into a situation that led them um, straight to prison, okay? So really, all that to say that listening to these conversations, this two-part series, An Honest Look at Honesty, it can save a life. It really can. And I, th- I think the message came across loud and clear this week. Um, we, ne- we need to be aware that this happens. Um, how does it happen in terms of what are the situations that make us vulnerable? Because we are all vulnerable. We can never just let our guard down, right? But what are some of the circumstances that kind of, kind of, you know, tend to lead people down this path? And, and also that it happens to people like you and me. It doesn't happen to quote unquote other people right? Or, oh, it's those bad people, or it's those criminals. I I think this is also something that came across very loudly from the conversation with Rabbi Landa this week. So, you know, and, and I think this is why it's so chilling, because we can see how easy it is for financial crime to actually happen to people just like us, right? Um, we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to think about it. It's very sensitive. Um, but it's important. It's important for us to gain the awareness because it's important that we prevent this from happening to anybody. Um, and, and I do hope, by the way, that the series didn't come across as negative and all doom and gloom because that's really never my intent. Um, but rather that you walked out with, you know, a really clear vision of 
what to do now, now that you've gained the awareness, like, what can I do? You know, where is there room for improvement? What we could be doing better so that this is prevented and eradicated for good, right? So I really hope that you gained a lot from the episode, from the episodes, right? It's a two-part series. So the episode this week with Rabbi Landa, and of course, the episode earlier, um, the previous week with Rabbi Shalom Lipsker. And I encourage you to, of course, check out Project 432 and, and advocate to bring them to your children's schools, to your communities, etc. They're doing a lot of great work in terms of educating. And I think, you know, anybody who's out there in a leadership position, which we all are, right? Um, perhaps you could try to get them into your community, etc. So, um, in fact, I'm going to ask you this. If you enjoyed those episodes, um, could you please leave a review and rating? As you know, that is really one of the best ways to help the show. I've said it many times, but I really do want to get those reviews flowing. Um, in fact, I'm going to pick a review of the week in a minute. But first, another announcement. And that is that if you want to get coaching from me, business coaching, financial coaching, without the time and financial investment of weekly coaching for a three to six month period, this is your chance. August is your chance. This is not something that I offer frequently. In fact, the last time I did was summer of 2021. It was actually Elul time. It was the month of Elul when I offered this. And um, and I think I even, it was different because I think I only had three spots open then. Yeah, that's what it was. But I'm doing it again this time at the request of many of you. I've cleared my August calendar and I've opened it to offer 90-minute one-on-one coaching sessions. But let me tell you, since I made the announcement here last week, those sessions have been flying off the shelf. Um, so I think last I checked today, there are, I think, four, no, five, five spots left, right? Um, so you can look at it in the calendar. You can see there are very few spots left. So please don't delay because I will only be taking five more people or five more slots. Some people might want to do more than one session during the month, the remaining days of August. So there, there's really not any more space in my calendar. So if you want to take advantage of that offer, that's, that's at yaeltrush.com forward slash August calendar, one word, yaeltrush.com forward slash August calendar. That's where you pay for the session, where you schedule it, where you fill out your questionnaire and you get all the info on when, um, not when, well, you know that because you scheduled it, but where we're meeting at the scheduled date. If you have any questions on this, or you need to reschedule for whatever reason, or you need to find a slightly different time on my calendar than, than what's posted there, please email me ASAP. Again, the faster you reach out, the faster I can see what I can kind of reshuffle and accommodate. Like I'm happy to accommodate. That's why I opened August for you. I want to be flexible and really give this chance, this opportunity to as many people as possible. So I'm not just saying this, I want to do this. And I want anyone who really want it for a long time to have one on one coaching to be able to do this. But I cannot and I will not take take this on throughout the year. It's just simply beyond my capacity. So I highly encourage you to sign up now in August when this is actually a possibility. This is actually an option that I'm able to offer and deliver upon. So yeah, forward slash August calendar. And again, if you need to reach out to me about that, please do it ASAP. All right. And you know where to find me. Yeah. Yael at yaeltrush.com. Okay. You know that, or you can DM me. Okay. So let's head to the Apple review section. And today we move to Great Britain and I'll tell you why. And I'll tell you the whole story. 
I think I've mentioned before that not all Apple reviews get placed in the US platform that I get to see because I live in the United States. Now, that's for some weird reason, which I have yet to find out. Um, Apple has individual platforms that are country specific. So if I go to the US platform, or I mean, it's not a platform, it's whatever, we don't we don't know it because we don't know it. I know it because I'm kind of like behind the scenes here. But if I go to my app, I see 149 reviews and a 4.9 rating. By the way, thank you. <laughs> really, I really appreciate it. I hope I hope you know that I so appreciate your support here. And I'd love to get us to 200. Like, I really would. <laughs> hint, hint. I need you for that. Like, I can't leave my own reviews. Um, so if you could leave a review, that would be really helpful. But get this. This is the thing that I want you to get. So if I went to the say Israel platform or the Canada platform or the Mexico platform, I'll find a handful of reviews there as well um, for people who are listening, but they're in those countries um, that do not show for me over in my US platform. Um, so how do I get to those country specific um, Apple podcast reviews where well, there's a little trick, there's a country code, you put in the URL, but you have to do it on desktop, you don't do it through the app. And if you're a podcaster, you maybe you know this. If you don't, then hit me up. I'll tell you. But here's the thing: I had never been able to figure out what England's code was. I always thought, you know, I always wanted to see if I had reviews coming from England that I wasn't aware of because I I do see in the back end that I do have a lot of listeners in England. So I was like, okay, well, we'd, I'd love to see the reviews, right? Because I, I get to know like what parts of the world people are listening and from. And I see that we are reaching a very wide audience here. We're a global show, right? So, you know, I always thought it was UK because that makes sense, but it wasn't. So I tried EN for England. Well, that wasn't either. So it not sure why it never dawned on me to try GB, Great Britain, except today I did. <laughs> and I found some lovely reviews that I'd never known about. Um, they're not very recent. They're actually, I think the last, they're, I think all of them are from 2022. But still, I want to give a shout out to all my reviewers from Great Britain. Thank you very, very much. And so if you're in England, please leave a review. Um, if you're in Kathmandu, please leave a review. If you're in Spain, please leave a review. Wherever you are, please leave a review. I will find you and I will gift you a 20 minute money session with me. You know, uh, the world is very small these days. We just get on Zoom. We figure out time zones and we just do it. I do it all the time. So, and so today we are saying thank you to Bubby Yes, who left a five-star review on in Great Britain <laughs> on December 22nd of 2022. And she says, easy listening. Love the clarity of interviewing. Yeah, Elle's talking style is straightforward and easy to follow. Her advice is always on point. Thank you. That is so nice. Thank you, Bubby. Yes. I, I'm, I'm so glad that I finally figured out how to access those reviews from Great Britain. And I'm, I'm glad that you're enjoying the show. I'm glad you're enjoying the show, the advice, and that you find it straightforward. I really like that. You know, I, I really aim to make money less daunting, less overwhelming, and to simplify the, the jargon and, and kind of like to, tone down the mystique around it, right? I, I think most of it is overcomplicated by an industry that perhaps wants to keep people in the dark so that 
other that people in the industry can make money off of our ignorance. Um, I'm not just saying that I think there is something there. And so the, the more we can learn and understand, the better questions we can ask and the better stewards we can be of that money, right? The better decisions we can make with more confidence, etc. So Bubby, yes, Thank you again. I'm glad that it's that you find it helpful that you're enjoying. I hope you're still here. Please be sure to reach out via email or DM. You can email me at yael at yaeltrush.com. You can DM me on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. Let me know that you left the review and I will follow up with a link for us to get on Zoom. All right. So our first question comes from Kathy who asks via email. I was advised to get a home equity loan, which I did, and now I'm finding it nearly impossible to pay it down. I've been paying more than the amount due each month, but it's like I paid nothing. Do you have any suggestions? I'm also trying to figure out a budget. That's been a project. All right, Kathy, thanks for the question. Before I answer Kathy, I want to take a few minutes to explain a few things. So last week we mentioned the HELOC, the home equity line of credit that one listener wanted to take out to finance $30,000 of roof replacement, right? And, And if you remember, her husband wanted to refinance the mortgage instead, which I interpreted to mean that he wanted to do what's called a cash out refinancing, which is when the old mortgage is replaced with a new one with a larger amount amount than what then was owed in the previously existing mortgage, right? So a higher amount than what you currently owe. And then now the difference is available in cash um, for you to do the home repair. So in that case, we were talking about a cash out refinancing versus a HELOC. That's what I understood. And we didn't get into those details, the pros and the cons. I didn't define anything because right away I understood that this wasn't a financial question as much as it was a communication around money question. It was much deeper than just kind of like looking at the the financing costs of this, right? The two options, right? And I have to say that that listener, I was so, so happy, really, because sometimes, you know, it's hard to answer these questions. It's, you know, these things are sensitive, right? But the listener wrote back to me and she said, she thanked me. She thanked me for the, she said, thoughtful and thorough response. And I'm quoting, and then I, I can't remember what else she said, because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not looking at the email. Well, I am, but uh, I don't want to give you all the details. But basically, the point here is that she thought it was very thoughtful and thorough. And I am so glad. Now, Today, Kathy is mentioning a home equity loan. So now we have a few terms, okay? Cash out refinancing, home equity line of credit, HELOC, and a home equity loan. So I want to give a little bit of explanation just so we're familiar with these options before I answer Kathy. So just to get a little bit of the financial literacy. So home equity loans, home equity lines of credit, HELOCs, and cash out refinances are three ways to turn your home's value into funds, into money that you can use to do other things, to accomplish other goals, like paying for home improvements, right? Like repairing your roof, for example. And they're all going to have their pros and their cons and everyone's personal situation, both in terms of their finances, as well as their patterns and how they manage money, specifically credit, as well as their goals. All of that needs to be taken into account, really. Okay. So what I'm about to share here is not about which one is better for you, um, because I don't know that. (laughs) But what I want to do is to do a little overview so that we're a bit more literate, that we understand what the options are right kind of like as a starting point to then 
dig deeper into what might be best for us if we're ever in a situation where we're considering borrowing against our home's equity, okay? So in all three options, we get the cash by borrowing against our home equity. So what is our home equity? So that is the difference between the current value of your home and the amount left to pay on your mortgage. The difference between the current value of your home and whatever you have left to pay off on your mortgage. And so the lenders will take that into account as well as well your credit history and all that stuff in order to determine how much you can borrow, right? And and so when you take out either, either a home equity loan or a HELOC, you're making a second payment on top of your mortgage. It's like, it's considered like a second mortgage. But with a cash out refinance, you're replacing your current mortgage with a new one. Now it has its own term, its own interest rate, a monthly payment, okay? Now, let's say that you wanted to tap into your home equity to get some cash like this couple last week wanted to do or like seemingly Kathy had to do. So the first thing is that you would have had to build that equity first, right? And so how does that happen? How does one build equity? So that happens through a combination of paying the mortgage down as well as the appreciation of the property. So to figure out how much home equity you have, you estimate your home's value and you find out how much you still owe on the mortgage. On the mortgage. So if the difference between the two is a positive number, that's the equity you have in the home. And now you could potentially consider borrowing against that, right? Either with a cash out refinance, a HELOC, or a home equity loan. So let's go through the basics of each. Let's kind of define the three of them, okay? So home equity loans, which is what Kathy has, is it lets you borrow a lump sum that you then pay back at a fixed rate. Okay, that's an important distinction. It's a fixed rate. So it's technically a second mortgage. You you have another loan, right? So you're going to make you're going to make payments on it in addition to your regular monthly mortgage payments. Now, the home equity line of credit, which is usually referred to as HELOC, is also a second mortgage that requires an additional monthly payment, but instead of getting the cash all at once. You don't get that lump sum. Rather, you borrow as needed. It's a line of credit. So you borrow as needed during the draw period. There's a period in which we can draw from that line of credit. And you then repay what you borrowed plus interest during the repayment period. So unlike the home equity loan, the HELOC usually comes with a variable rate, not a fixed rate, but a variable rate. Okay. So you know, that's also an important distinction. So your monthly payments might go up, up, might change. Okay. Now with the third option, the cash out refinance, that is when you replace, like I, I think I said this already before, you replace your original mortgage with an entirely new loan that's greater than what you currently owe. And then the difference between the current loan amount and the new loan amount is what provides you the cash out. That's the cash that you now can use, right? So in all three options, we're talking about um, financing options where the collateral um, is your home. Your home is a collateral on these loans. So failure to make payments could lead to foreclosure, of course, right? Okay. So now I don't want to really get into the pros and cons because there's, again, like I mentioned, there's so much that goes into this, but that's kind of like the literacy, the financial literacy part of today's show. Okay. Now to Kathy's question. And she wants tips on paying down this home equity loan. So the first thing we want 
Um, the first thing is we we want to check that there are no prepayment penalties, Kathy. And I'm, I'm sure you probably checked this already and there, there probably aren't any prepayment penalties, but I'm just mentioning it because it's always good to look at the contract for that. The next thing that I will say is that similar, similar to similar with paying off a mortgage early, you might want to weigh in the cost of, of paying early your home equity loan, meaning run the numbers on how much you'll save by paying it off early. You always want to do that. And if you borrowed at a low interest rate, it may be worth paying on your current payment plan, staying the course and then investing the money that you would have used to pay off the loan faster, right? Um, so you always want to kind of take that into account. However, I will say that you also want to take into account the emotional cost, right? Some people just emotionally don't want to have that debt and the burden of the monthly payments. And even if mathematically it makes sense to stay the course and we know just, just pay the loan as it's set up to be paid and, and, and pay and invest the difference, invest the money that you would use to prepay. They just want to be done with the loan, right? Um, and paying the loan off early may be more attractive to them than what you would earn in the market. But I just wanted to point out that possibility, right? That you would possibly see, well, you know what? Over the next 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, or whatever this loan is, I'm probably going to make an average of eight, nine percent in the stock market and I'm paying three percent or four percent. Like, really, is this the best use of my money? So it's, it's, it's good to consider that, but I'm not going to discount that some people emotionally just really don't want to have the burden of the debt. Okay. So if you've gone through all this, Kathy, and you're still set on paying down that home equity loan early, then here's what I suggest. And it's the same thing that I suggest when looking to pay a mortgage down early. Okay. So make additional principal payments in order to reduce the amount of principal that is earning interest. And and and, and here's, there's a few ways you can do that. But first, it's very important that you tell your lender that you want the extra payment applied to your principal balance. Otherwise, extra payments might go towards the interest, which doesn't help you pay off your mortgage faster or your your home, your home equity loan, right? It won't help you pay off the loan faster. And this might be what's happening here, Kathy. So I want to make sure that your lender, I want you to make sure that your lender is applying extra payments to your principal, not to interest. Okay. So now if we, if we want to prepay, there's a few ways that we can do this. We can make a single lump sum payment, and that's where you would save up money throughout the year and you'd put it in a sub sub savings account, a special savings account. And at the end of the year, you empty the account, you make your 13th monthly payment, right? You could put extra money from tax refunds, from bonuses at work or other, you know, unexpected income, windfalls, right? You just kind of put it in there, you build it up faster, or you could just set up automatically, uh, um, I mean, automatic recurring monthly deposits from your checking account into that savings account every month. Or instead of those recurring payments to the savings account, you could do the second option, which is to add the extra dollars to your monthly payment itself, right? You could divide your monthly loan payment by 12 and you could add that amount to each month's payment. And that extra amount, again, should get applied to your principal loan balance. So like I said, verify with your lender before you start doing that so that you make sure that this is what will happen. So in your case, Kathy, I would check, check that right away. Um, and so paying a little, 
above the minimum payment each month is easier for most people than paying a lump sum payment. And it still helps you pay off your mortgage or your loan early. Okay. And then the third option, which is a very popular hack in the early mortgage repayment, uh, you know, conversation. <laughs> it is a popular hack when we're talking about early mortgage repayment. Um, and it may or may not work with the home equity loan. Um, I'm not sure, but it might be worth checking uh, this out. Okay. And this is the bi-weekly payments method. This is when you check with your lender if you can sign up for bi-weekly payments on your loan. And this lets you pay half of your mortgage bill or your loan bill every two weeks instead of once a month. Okay, so you're going to be paying half of your bill every two weeks instead of making that one full payment. So think about it. Most people get paid bi-weekly. So this actually is very nice because it goes with their, it matches their cash flow schedule, but also has the added benefit of resulting in 26 half payments during the year, which are 13 full monthly payments. You get this? So every year you're making 13 full monthly payments instead of 12 monthly payments. Okay. Now you're making 26 half payments because you're paying twice every month, right? You're making bi-weekly payments and that results in 13 full monthly payments. So those additional payments towards your mortgage can really save you money in the long run. So that's a neat hack that you might want to check. You might want to check because, uh, well, some lenders might charge extra fees if you opt for biweekly payments and some lenders might not even offer the service at all. But I'm just saying for people to, you know, look into it because if, they do maybe and there's no fees then you might want to look at it uh, might want to consider it and in your case Kathy where you're asking about the home equity loan this might not even be an option um, I'm not sure but I thought it was worth mentioning okay now the bottom line is Kathy that like with every loan at the beginning you're paying a lot more on interest and making very little dent on the principal so that's why you might be feeling like you're not seeing a dent even though you're paying more um usually the earlier the early schedule is just that's the way it works out right but you might also need to check with your lender and make sure that the extra money is actually being applied towards your principal. Uh, and once you've settled that, then yes, of course, continue making those extra payments in any of the ways that I just mentioned. All right. And then finally, about your budget. Look, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Budgeting is not the fun, not the funnest part and not the easiest part for most people. Um, and I have so much to say about this, but I think at first I'll start with just not calling it a budget, but let's just call it a plan. I also think that there are many apps and programs at, out there that help with this. Uh, one of my favorites is Money Grit, but there are plenty. YNAB is a popular one. There are a ton. I mean, Excel works fine, people. A spreadsheet also works fine. And honestly, uh, I've had many experts say, and I will say it too, sometimes it's the best thing at the beginning you because it really helps you get really in touch with your numbers. But but here here's the thing. None of these things, whether it be Excel or Money Grid or YNAB or whichever, none of them are going to help if you don't take like a proactive approach. So if you find yourself doing sort of like 
backwards accounting instead of forward looking accounting. Meaning if, if, if you're not going to proactively sit every week with your money and look at what is meant to come in this week relative to what's meant to go out and plan ahead, I think we're setting up ourselves for failure. We have to be honest here. And somebody might say, well, every week is like too much. Okay. So then do it every two weeks, then do it at least every month. And I would say for most people, um, I would say at the beginning, once a month is not enough. Uh, I don't want to scare people, but most people, if you're really, really not in touch with your money, I think looking at looking at what's coming up and planning for the month, once a month is not enough. And even when you do it once a month, let me just tell you, even I've had experts who come say you still have to in real time every week dedicate 10 minutes to kind of do a check-in with the plan that you made at the beginning of the month. So there's no getting around this. That's I sort of kind of like what I would com- want to communicate. <laughs> like and and we also have to take a positive attitude, right? This is part of being a, a steward of our money. This is part of being the best agent that we can, right? So let's try to do something that um kind of motivates us and let's try to do it in the best way possible, the easiest way possible for us. Um, I think we can build a great budget, but if we don't sit with it in real time and say, oh, I spent on this and on that, that this week and that wasn't planned, then I guess I'm going to have to delay this other thing. And, 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 and what's this thing coming up that I will, am I going to be able to pay for it now? And, and what's the trade off, et cetera? Like these are the things that we're checking constantly, right? In real time. Um, and I, th- I think we have to understand that the management of our cash flow needs to be forward looking and it also needs to be adjusted in real time, right? So we're, we're looking at what's coming up. We're making decisions for what's coming up. And then in real time, we're seeing how, what the decisions that we're making are impacting the rest of the flow, right? So I would highly encourage everyone to make weekly money dates with yourself so that you can do that. And again, if you can't do it weekly, I totally understand. But at the very, very le- least, you have to do this once a month, right? Um, and, and, and those are, that's your special time where you pay attention to your money and it really can be life changing. And I want to reiterate again, even if you're doing it once a month, you're doing your planning for the month, there needs to be some checking, some small checking that happens in real time throughout your month. Okay. So, the whole goal of this is that you're going to feel a lot more in control. And well, actually, I'll say control is not really the best way to describe it. It's probably not, you know, it's not a Jewish term because we're really never in control, but maybe a better way to say it is you're going to feel like you, you're the steward of this money. You're the one making the decisions with intentionality. You're being active. You're actively deciding instead of passively reacting to what is and what happened, right? Um, so I encourage you and everyone um, to do that. But I also, to do the, your money dates, but I also highly, highly encourage you to do something else. I, I encourage you to look at your bank account. This is sometimes, sometimes we we don't realize how powerful this can be. be. Before any transaction, open it, see how much there is, like get that comfort level with the the flow of your money. What is there now? Um, don't be scared. Feel comfortable looking at your ba- bank balance, kind of like get past that discomfort. Um, of looking at that balance and making conscious decisions um, right then and there. So Kathy, lastly, I would say if you now have this home equity loan, plus you're kind of struggling with sticking to the bed, the budget, um, or better said with 
planning your money. Um, I'd stay away from using credit cards. I think that's the one, the, the final thing that I want to say about this. I think unless you have the discipline of using credit cards as though they were a debit card, um, and you only put on the credit card, you know, you only charge according to what's actually available in your bank account and to actually what you're actually able to pay immediately. And many people don't have that discipline. Then I would say just stay away from using them. Like it'll make sticking to a plan and being in touch with the movement of your money and cash flow a lot, lot easier. All right. Good luck with that. Keep me posted. Ellie asks via email, what is the least estadlos effort I can do to allow Hashem, to allow God to pour bracha, blessing upon me? If I don't do sales and outreach because that makes me feel anxious and hopeless, can I not do that and trust that that's not my avoda? Okay, Ellie, thanks for the question. So the first thing that I will say is that rather than relying on me for this answer, and I will give you an answer, you you're only going to comprehend my answer and kind of be able to internalize it and apply it. If you do this one thing, you need to study bitachon. You need to pick up the Shara Bitachon, the gate of trust, and you need to study it. And I mean, really study it, not just skim through it once, but delve into it methodically and consistently over a period of time. And maybe even with a partner, with a study partner, a Havrusa, once and then twice and then three times. And then you pick up the and then you pick up the Madragas Adam on Bitachon and other Sephorim like that to really cement how Bitachon works, uh, to really cement it in your consciousness and to develop it. Then you go back to the Shar Bitachon. I really mean it, which is the foundational seminal work. And you again delve into it a fourth and a fifth time and beyond. I am not kidding. This is daily work. Now, what is the answer? Um, the answer is like this, Ellie. The answer is that the level of ishtatlus that you need to do is inversely related to the level of bitachon that you have. And this is not yet El Trush's answer. This is straight from the books. That's why I said, like, you need to study this, right? You need to, to really get this, okay? Again, there is an inverse relationship between bitachon and ishtatlus. And so what I just told you before about learning, about studying, which might, it might seem like the long road um, when you, well, not you, everyone, I think most people are looking for the short road, right? You might be looking for the short road. Uh, it's actually not the long, what I'm telling you to do is actually not, not even the long, short road. It's the only road. You can't get to the level of bitachon where ishtatlus then gets reduced, Right. By doing nothing, you have to study bitachon. You can't just say, well, I'm going to do less and trust that it's going to work. But like, if you don't have a master trust, like you actually have to, it, it, you can't give it lip service and, and you have to internalize it daily. You have to pick up the book. You want the least ishtatlus, then get to work on your bitachon. That's the answer. But yeah, there's a level of ishtatlus that you're going to have to do. And so, okay. If that's the case, which it is the case, okay, how do you do it, right? That's the second piece of your question. Um, you say, if I don't do sales and outreach because that makes me feel anxious and hopeless, can I not do that and trust that that's my avoda? Well, no, not really, because feeling anxious and hopeless is the antithesis of tr trust, right? They don't they don't go together in the same sentence. <laughs> so look, look, there's two things here. And again, this is a very, very complex answer. And that's, that's why I'm saying that's what the first thing I said is, we have to learn it to kind of like sort of 
be able to kind of hear what I'm saying, really hear what I'm saying, okay? But there's two things here. Number one, according to the Shabitachon, one has to do work that aligns with our inclination, talents, and tolerance. That's where we are meant to build the vessel for our parnasa, for our livelihood, right? So some people are naturally gifted, enjoy, and tolerate sales and outreach. So they should build a vessel that capitalizes on that. Having said that, however, there's something else. You said it makes you feel anxious and hopeless. So here's where another nuanced piece of bitachon comes in. When a person has bitachon, the things that they do in the natural order of things, i.e. in business, the natural order is that we have we were going to have to sell, right? Um, just like uh, in medicine, the natural order of things is that we will have to speak to patients, right? So if you don't want to speak to patients about sensitive issues regarding their health, right? If you're not good at that, then you probably want to be an actuary and calculate numbers all day behind a computer, <laughs> right? Rather than talk about to humans about sensitive issues. So again, if you're creating a vessel in the natural world, then you do it through the God-given talents, inclinations, and tolerance that you have. If you're in business, you should be able to tolerate some level of sales. You should be able to talk to people comfortably, comfortably about what you offer and the value that it brings to the world. And as to the anxiety with bitachon, there should be no anxiety. And I'll tell you why. Because I'm not attached to the outcome of that sales conversation. Neither the outcome in terms of the monetary gain, nor the outcome in terms of the relationship with that person or what that person might think of me from this conversation. None of that. With bitachon, I go into a sales conversation or any conversation, any. This applies to any career, any meeting, any part of what that vessel requires in the natural order, I go into it calm because I know I'm just doing this to serve Hashem. I'm going through the motions that he's asked me to do because Hashem asked me to make a dwelling place for him in this world using all my talents and capabilities. So it's like, what is there to be afraid of? I'm not afraid of man. I'm not afraid of man's opinion. I'm not afraid of the bank balance, right? The bank account balance. Most people are terrified of it, right? I'm not afraid of the bank manager. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? It's very nuanced. And again, unless you really delve into the texts, this might just sound like unrealistic to you or kind of like go over people's head, but I'm telling you, it's the way it is. The whole question of, can I just not do that and trust that that's my avoda? it's going to fall through the wayside once you really start internalizing this. Because when we really study Bitachon, it becomes very obvious to us how little do we understand about Bitachon, how little do we practice it. Uh, it will become very obvious how much growth we need in this area, and it will become very obvious how to then approach our work. And again, that's not to say that you might be in a line of work that's not really for you. And I can't determine that for you. It's just to say that when you learn Sharabitacho and Gate of Trust, you will clearly see whether you are in a line of work that is for you. And if you are, then you will also clearly see and learn that the sales and outreach piece of that vessel are a breeze. They're they're just, you know, they're like walking because now you've completely reframed the entire vessel, you, the entire relationship that you have with the vessel, the way you deal with this natural world is completely different. You're not selling to make money, you're selling to serve Hashem. You have your trust in Hashem that he's the only one sending the money, not the prospective client. You have your trust in Hashem that he wants it. And it's not even just, it's not even trust, guys, it's reliance, right? Um, 
You have your reliance in Hashem that he wants you here illuminating the world and that he then takes care of the payoff. So you stop seeing everyone in front of you in business as having any influence or impact. They have none. And it frees you to have very genuine and healthy conversations with anyone, whether it be sales or otherwise. So, um, Ellie, in a way, I'm sorry that I give you a long answer when perhaps you're looking for a shortcut, but there are no shortcuts here. <laughs> Believe me, the work in the area is so worth it, though. Um, and in fact, I shouldn't say it's not a shortcut because once you've, in- you've internalized it, yeah, it's like then it all flows very easily from there. But what I'm saying is we can't skip this step. And I think a lot of people are trying to f- skip the step. Do not skip the step or you're not going to get there, right? You, We all have to, we are not wired for this naturally. The world is set up in a way that is not going to be conducive to this. So we have to intentionally set ourselves up for this and learn it. That's that, that's, what, that's what we have to do, right? Um, so the the work is so worth it and it's so life-changing. And I, I would not delay it for a minute. I would be running right now to get the book and get myself a study partner and get started on this. All right. Good luck, Ellie. Um, and that's a wrap, my friends. Next week is vacation time around here. So I'm going to let you catch up on any episodes that you may have missed. And if you still didn't catch up my two-part series, An Honest Look at Honesty with Project 432, be sure to do that. And also, I will give you time to send in your questions so that I can answer them when I come back. And very important, to send in your review in the Apple Podcast Review section. I would love to gift a 20-minute session to a reviewer of the week every time that I come here. So please head over to the Apple Podcast Review section. Wherever you are in the world, I will find those reviews. Believe me, I hunt for them because <laughs> I want to reward you for taking the time not just to listen to the show, but to leave a review. So thanks to Kathy and thanks to Ellie for your questions. And if anybody wants to get on my August coaching calendar, please do it ASAP. That is at yaeltrush.com forward slash August calendar. Have a Shabbat Shalom. <laughs>